we're going to just move y'all over here. <laughs> yeah, Cheryl's like, I got to move. Great. It's great. Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. Uh, the parable of the talents or the parable of the bags of gold. Um, would you stand as you're able for the reading of God's word? Jesus says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold, to another, two bags, and to another, one bag, and to another, uh, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once, put his money to work, and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid. And I went out and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them and throw out that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Before I get going, I, I, I want to encourage you again to come Wednesday night, um, whether we end up having the meal or not. Um, I hope that you'll be here for the Ash Wednesday service. Um, that service, kind of like Christmas Eve service, is always one of the more meaningful services of the year kicks us off the season of Lent, which is a very self-reflective uh, season for us to examine ourselves as, as we come and as we get ready for Easter and the celebration of the resurrection. So I hope you'll be here 6.30 Wednesday night uh, for that service. But uh, in our scripture this morning, Jesus is telling us a story. He's, he's telling us a story about a man on a journey. Uh, we don't know much about this man except that he had servants. We don't know where this man's going or why he's going on this journey or how long it's going to take for him to get there and back. 
What we are told is that before he leaves, he entrusts with three of his servants some of his property. Specifically, he gives them bags of gold. Other translations uh, call them talents. According to most historians, a talent or a bag of gold was worth at least $1,000 in our thinking of money. It could, have, it could have been even more than that. So he isn't leaving around just some you know, throwaway change in his pocket. He's leaving them with some serious coin. To one servant, he gives five bags of gold or at least $5,000. To another, he gives two or $2,000. And to the other, he gives one bag of gold or 1000 The man leaves on his journey, and the servants are free to do what they will with his property. We learn that the servant with five talents or five bags of gold goes and gains five more. The servant with two talents goes and gains two more. But the servant with one talent goes and digs a hole and buries his talent. He hides it. After a long time, the master comes back. And of course, he's quite interested in what each of his servants has done with his property. When he learns that the first and the second servants have both doubled what they had been given, he rejoices. He gives them even more than what they had had, and they are to celebrate with him. But when the master learns that the third servant has hid his talent in the ground, he is furious. The talent that he had is taken from him, and the master throws him out on the streets. His services are no longer needed. Two of the servants invested their gift. The one servant wasted it. Two of the servants acted. The one servant was lazy. Two of them were faithful. One was wicked. In life, we have a choice to make. Whether we call ourselves a Christian or not, we have a choice to make. We can be either admirers of Jesus or we can be followers of Jesus. We can look at what he did in Scripture and, and we can read his teachings and we can say, wow, he was, he was a great man. He was powerful, but I don't know if I can give my life to him. I enjoy doing my own thing too much to follow Jesus, to let him have control. We can be admirers, or we can look at, what, at Christ, and we can look at what he did, and we can choose to be followers, giving him control of our lives, making God number one in our lives. We can either be admirers of Christ, or we can be sold-out followers. In our lives, at work, at home, at church, uh, when we're alone and no one's watching, or when we're in a crowd, we have a choice to make. Are we going to serve God, are we going to follow him, or are we going to sit on the sidelines? Are we just going to be content to be admirers? Now, if we have made that choice to follow God, to follow him, to, to serve him, then we have to know how serving God's going to play out. We have to know what's required of us and what God expects from us. And this parable helps us to understand those very things. You see, in our parable, Jesus is really talking about himself. From the day that Jesus rose from the grave and ascended into heaven, we have been waiting for him to come back. He is gone, and he's told us he's coming back, and we've been waiting. He, he, he's promised he will, and he will. And, and so all the while, we're waiting, and we've got to make a decision. How are we going to invest what we've been given? 
God has given each of us gifts to invest with, to use. They may be talents in terms of money or talents in terms of abilities. God may have given you freedom to give others your time or to give others of your resources. Whatever it is, God has given us all our own talents to choose how we will use them. Jesus is coming back, and he's going to want to know how we, his servants, invested what he's given us. So here's the first thing I want you to know from this parable. First of all, God gives us opportunities according to our abilities. God gives us opportunities according to our abilities. We will all be given opportunities to serve God according to our abilities. Not everyone gets the same opportunity because not everybody has the same ability. Not everyone gets the same opportunity because not everyone is capable of handling the same amount of responsibility. We don't all get equal opportunities in life because we don't all have equal abilities. We're not all able to handle equal amounts of responsibility, and we all don't share an equal level of commitment. But what we do get in life are opportunities to match our abilities. We get opportunities to match our abilities. That's because God will give you as much as God can trust you with. Verse 15 says, To one he gave five bags of money, to another two bags, to another one bag, each according to his ability. The master did not love one servant above the other. He just recognized a difference in ability. Now, I want to tell you what we have a tendency to do. What we tend to do, instead of looking at the opportunities God has given us, we sometimes look at the opportunities God has not given us. We focus on the opportunities that God has given to somebody else. Well, God, I know you gave me this, but, you know, well, he or she, they get to do this. And instead of taking a hold of the opportunities to serve God that have been placed before us, we worry over what we don't have. A pastor by the name of Bob Russell once said, It is a rare person who, when his cup frequently runs over, can thank God instead of complaining about the limited size of his mug. That's just another way of saying that we often can't see the gifts that God has given us because we're too busy looking at what God hasn't given us. Why can't I sing a beautiful solo? Why can't I give an eloquent speech? Why can't I be creative or bake a beautiful cake? Why can't I throw 100 miles per hour or run a marathon? Why can't I do this? Why can't I have that? We get so focused on what we can't do that we forget about all the things that we can do. We forget about the gifts that God has given us. It comes down to this. God gives us opportunities according to our abilities. Stop worrying about what you don't have. Focus on what you do have. Don't worry about what you don't have. Focus on what you do have. When it comes to how we spend our lives, we need to take an inventory of all that we have been given and ask ourselves, am I investing it or am I burying it? I'd imagine that most of us in here probably feel like that two or one talent guy. 
Most of us probably don't feel like we're among the most gifted people in the world. I'm glad if you do. The difference in what the one-talent guy and the two-talent guy started out with, not a whole lot. The difference in what they ended up with is substantial because one took what he had and invested it while the other took what he had and buried it. Romans 12, 6 says we have, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. God will give you as much as he can trust you with. If God has chosen to give others more than he has given you, that is never an excuse to waste what you've been given. We will all be given opportunities to serve God according to our abilities. The second thing I want you to pick up on the story is that faithfulness always leads to a promotion. Faithfulness always leads to a promotion. Maybe that might actually mean a promotion at work, but I'm not necessarily talking about that kind of promotion. And it goes without saying a promotion always includes a bigger job description. Listen to what Jesus said. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Jesus said this to the man who had been given five bags of gold. He, he again said the same exact words to the man who had been given two bags of gold. Both were faithful with what they had. Both were promoted and both were given more responsibility. Even though their original resources weren't an equal amount, their effort were, was equal, their faithfulness was equal. The lesson here is that faithfulness pays off. Whether you're faithful with just a little bit or you're faithful with a lot, you will reap a reward. And whether you're faithful with a little or a lot, God is equally pleased. Here's what you need to know. Being responsible always leads to more responsibility. Being responsible always leads to more responsibility. When I hear that, I think about the movie Spider-Man. I know that's what you thought of. In it, Peter Parker, uh, who is Spider-Man, in case you didn't know that, uh, is talking to his uncle, and his uncle doesn't know that Peter is Spider-Man, but his uncle says to him, remember, Peter, with great power comes great responsibility. These words shaped the rest of Peter's life. And for us as Christians, with great faithfulness comes great responsibility. And this should entice us to be more faithful, right? It should, it should entice us to be more responsible. But sometimes we approach this in the wrong way. In fact, I can almost guarantee you, as I was talking about God giving you more responsibility, some of you were thinking, well, maybe I shouldn't be so faithful. And I know that that's what you were thinking because that's what I was thinking as I was writing the sermon. Sometimes we, we don't want a promotion. We don't want more responsibility. In fact, sometimes we want less. Ronnie was talking about the gift. She, she looked at it as a burden instead of as a gift. But when it comes to how we spend our lives, we need to be aware that God is looking for us to be faithful in the little things that he has called us to do so that he can reward us with even bigger and grander things in life. More responsibility is not a punishment. It is a reward. 
Third thing I want you to pick up on this story is this. Accomplishing a little is better than accomplishing nothing at all. Accomplishing a little is better than accomplishing nothing at all. You ever notice people who don't try things because they're afraid of the future, afraid of failure? They won't try it because they're afraid they're going to fail. So they're stuck, right? Maybe that's you. I've known people who won't go on a diet, I've been there, because they don't think they can stick with it. So why just, you know, if I can't stick with it, then what's the point? I've known people who won't attempt to get sober because they don't think they can maintain sobriety. I've known people who won't accept Christ because they don't believe they can live the Christian life. And rather than fail, they just rather not try at all. Let me tell you something, we're going to fail. We're going to sin. If we call ourselves Christian or not, that's why we need Christ. Because we cannot do it on our own. That's the whole thing. It is Christ working through us that enables us to do any good. But this mentality of fear of failure is exactly the mentality of the servant who was given one bag of gold. He thought, what if I I take this money and I lose it all? It's safer to do nothing. And that's what he did. He buried it. Imagine if the servant had done something different. The other two servants, they doubled their money. But what if the servant had just had, had put his money in a low-risk, low-return investment? I feel like I'm Dave Ramsey up here. When the master returned, he could have said, Master, I know, your other, I know these other two guys. I know they doubled it, and that's amazing. But um, I couldn't do that well. But here's what I did. Uh, I took your 1000 and now you have 1200 What would the master have said? i tell you exactly what he would have said. Well done, good and faithful servant. The reason why the master was so angry with the servant who buried the talent is that he did nothing. He didn't even try. That's why he says to him, you wicked, lazy servant. You should have put my money on deposit with the banker so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Just a little bit of effort would have been enough to please the master. As Christians, as followers and disciples of Christ, we have got to be willing to take a risk. We've got to be willing to step out on faith with the gifts and the abilities and the resources and the time that God has given us. We're not meant to sit here and to calculate whether God wants us to invest or to use what he's given us. God has given us the abilities so that we'll use them. Yes, it's risky. We don't always know how everything's going to turn out, but we can know with absolute certainty that Jesus, the master, will say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. That's worth the risk. That is worth the risk. The fourth thing I want you to see from this parable is this. The only real failure in life is wasting what you've been given. Is wasting what you've been given. We are to use what we've been given to serve others. We are not supposed to waste it. 1 Peter 4 says this, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. We're to use what we've been given 
to serve others. We're not supposed to waste it. Some of you this morning may be facing the temptation to give up. Maybe you have failed too many times. Or maybe you've hid your talent your entire life and you don't see any reason to start with it now. Well, when we give up, we are wasting our talents. And when we give up, we close the door on God using us. And when you give up, you close the door on God doing something miraculous in your life. You may have squandered the opportunities God has given you in the past to serve him, and there may be a bunch in your life, there may be much in your life that is buried in the sand somewhere. Just like that servant who buried his talent. If that's the case with you, then get a shovel and get to work. Unbury what has been buried and put it to use. Do what you can with what you have because accomplishing a little is better than accomplishing nothing at all. The only real failure in life is wasting what you have. That's why the servant was called wicked and lazy. He wasted his talent. Don't waste yours. Don't give up. And don't give up because here's the kicker. Here's the principle that I, I want you to take home, if nothing else. Use it or lose it. Use it or lose it. Every single one of us has been given certain opportunities, certain skills, certain resources to serve God with. And the more we use these gifts from God, the more gifts we'll receive and the better we'll get at using them. Yet if we give up, if we don't use our gifts, you lose them. They're gone. The master in this parable said to the servants, take the bag of gold from him, the one with one, sir, one bag. Give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have been given, will be taken from them. You see, if God has given us an opportunity and we don't use it, we're going to lose it. If God has given us a skill and we don't, we don't use it, we're going to lose it. But on the other hand, if we use it, if we invest it, we will experience abundance. Whatever God has given you, use it or lose it. The more you use it, the more it will increase in your life. The less you use it, the less you'll have. Look at the things in your life. Look at the things in your life that you want to increase and invest in them. Do you want a great marriage? Then invest in it, use it, or lose it. Do you want to have a great relationship with your children? Then invest your time in your family, use it, or lose it. Do you, want to have a, do you want to have success in life, whether it's in school or in your career? Then invest in it, use it, or lose it. Do you want a dynamic relationship with God and a useful ministry in his kingdom? Invest your life in it, use it, or lose it. Do you want your church to be kingdom-minded? Do you have a, a gift that will benefit the church? Well, then use it or lose it. And this idea of use it or lose it isn't something we're just going to sit on, okay? It's something that we should jump on today. Use what you have been given now. 
verse 16 in our passage, it says, The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money at work and gained five bags more. He went at once. And so did the servant with two, ta- two talents. You see, they didn't think about what they didn't have. You know, the two-talent guy could have said, well, he got five. He could have sat there and sulked a little bit. But no, he went at once. They weren't scared about future responsibility they may have. Well, if I invest, if I, that means I'm going to get a promotion and more responsibility. And they weren't thinking about giving up. They understood that their work needed to be immediate. And if they didn't use what they had been given, they would lose it. Whatever it is that you want to accomplish today, whatever you want to accomplish in life, there is something that you can do today to get it done, to get started. If you need to take charge of your health, you can start today. After we get out of church, go take a walk around the neighborhood. Do it now. If you need to make some changes in your professional life, you can start reworking your resume today. If you need to make some changes in your personal life, you can do it today. If you need to reconcile a relationship in your life, guess what? Make that phone call today. Start writing that letter today. Send that text today, whatever you need to do. If you need to get out of debt, set aside $5 today to go to debt. And guess what? That's $5 that you set aside for debt that you didn't have yesterday. Whatever it is that you want to accomplish, it may take years, but you can start today and get it done. There are some of you that need to get things straightened out with God, and you've known for a long time that you need to do it, but you have been putting it off. You can make the first step to a closer walk with Jesus today. The servant who was given five talents was called good and faithful because he went at once to put his talents to work. I am challenging each of you to do the same thing today. You know what you need to do. God gives us all opportunities, skills, abilities, and gifts to serve him with. We may not have them forever. You know what you need to do, so do it today. Use it or lose it. Amen. Heavenly Father, God, we are blown away by the gifts and the abilities, the talents, the resources, the time that you give us. But we know that we are not meant to use them, again, for our own gain, but for your glory. To love you and to love others. That's what it's all about. For some of us, we're scared about the future. We're scared of what others may think of us. We're We've used our talents before and... and Father, we're just scared. Give us peace. Give us a peace that knowing that because you have given us these things, we're meant to use them. We're not meant to waste them. 
We know that we cannot do this on our own, that we need your help. So we pray for your guidance and your spirit and your power. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.